Change is inevitable. Everyone shifts. Welcome to a conversation about currently changing human behaviors and how we can either get ahead or fall behind. Hosted by Rick Shaughnessy and Charlie Witkowski, founders of Timecraft. Timecraft helps brands do the right thing today, so they're prepared for tomorrow. Take it away, fellow humans. Welcome to episode two of Everyone Shifts. Uh, today's conversation is about free-range creativity, and I, I thought it was a great conversation, covered a lot of ground. Um, I think what's really interesting about creativity now is that if you think about it, if you think about creativity as garnering someone's attention and that, that trade for doing that, it can go from a fraction of a second to a 10-hour binge watch, and everything in between is fair game. So how is that working? How are you making those kinds of choices as a creative individual? And today we are lucky enough to have three guests. Um, we have Jim Paul, who is the chief creative officer of Central Weber Shanwick, uh, Angela Mears, also at Weber Shanwick, the global executive creative director. And we have Josh Lorius, who is the co-founder and head of creative at Honeymoon. And uh, we'll kick it over to them to uh, start the conversation. Enjoy it, guys. All right. So today um, we're focusing on the idea of like free range creativity. So you already said uh, before we started, you have some opinions on this. So wanted to just start off with the idea of like there's so many channels now, so many different ways to be creative, so many formats, even like even for a video, right? You could be a five second thing. It could be a, a feature length film. It could be whatever. And there's whether it's TikTok, influencers, all of that to our own channels. It's there's almost an endless amount of ways we can be creative as well as people can kind of consume that. So how do you just generally approach that now in this kind of decentralized landscape? So I think the job of creativity is more exciting and also harder than ever um, because we're not in a situation where we have certain media boxes that we absolutely know that we need to fill. So like there's a 60, there's a 30, there's a 15, and a guaranteed set of eyeballs against it. Um, when you're able to paint with so many more brushes, I think you need to be more masterful across all of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not uh, an environment that is safer or more fixed than it used to be. Um, I don't know, Jim. What do you yeah, to, I mean, to that point, I mean, that's one of the reasons I came from the ad side of the business here is, you know, there was some liberation. There were certainly some constraints too, which we can talk about too, but there was liberation in not being, you know, within those boxes, print ads, you know, here's your, here's your brief. This is what we want you to do. Here's where it's going to go. I think what we've brought over and now, you know, after what, 10 years or 12 years, we'll decide after this. The uh, Basically, uh, what what folks from the ad side, I think what we brought over is a, a bit of craft, but also the, the idea, that idea is the key, right? That concept is king, and it can exist in, in any number of places, right? So um, we haven't lost that. I think what we've done is, is sort of lift up where earned used to be, which is very, very tactical. Um, and, 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 you know, make it more of a crafted endeavor and also put it wherever we think. So we come in with a concept and we say, you know, we're not going in with a fixed idea of where it's going to end up, which I think is very freeing. And then we let the idea take us to where it, it should be best manifest. So, so Josh, since you didn't come from an ad background and have been in, in this, mm -hmm. in the PR uh, comm side forever, I, I, some of what I think Jim's talking about, you would share, right? This kind of idea of 
elevating and like finding its place to like earn creative. Absolutely. I mean, if you think traditionally, even the best ads, right, were ones that had a story to tell that people could pick up and run with. I mean, it's, right. you know, I think we beat now, we beat the, the word earned into the ground. But, you know, like that, that paid audience that you had guaranteed kind of took pressure off on having to actually be compelling. Whereas now, you know, CMOs want an idea in a sentence, you know, and they'll worry about where it goes after progressive ones, you know, that's, right. um, and that's really exciting. And it's great for us because, you know, what we've been talking about is like human gated, uh, audiences. Like if you're just starting in PR traditional media relations, you have to pitch a reporter and get them to cover your story and put it and do it the way you want. It's human at the gates. Now everything is a human gate because you can just switch off, right? Yeah. So everything has to go through that. So coming from that background, it actually helps us a ton for me. Because you're always human gate. Right, right. So now if you're thinking about even an ad campaign, if you have an idea that people are going to go and share and talk about or a CMO could be like, oh, yeah, I can see that being a thing or being relevant. They don't care where it is. You know, so it's it's good for us. It's helped a lot. So what do you guys think is the role of media now with this this human gating idea like that idea? Like, is media still important? Does it depend on uh, the audience? Are there certain kind of ideas that require that kind of approval from media, which we used to need? And, you know, on that earned side, it's like it all went through them. You mean like earned, the third party like earned? Yeah. 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 I, I, th I think it's kind of like who are you being creative for, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That's who really, who you are know. you creating for? Yeah. So, so I think the thing that like earned creatives we used to comfort ourselves thinking is that our work had to be a little bit smarter because the, the, the gatehold or the gatekeepers or the stakeholders that we were speaking to on average more informed than your, you know, standard consumer audience. I don't know if that's true anymore for a few reasons. Like obviously um, media like as the fourth estate is shrinking dramatically. Mm -hmm. Everyone is a reporter everyone is an expert um and and on top of that like thinking about channels or where we're ultimately going to be placing an idea gates the idea in a way that i i don't know is really really useful um and when i'm working with earned media experts people who are placing stories with media usually the idea gets smaller yeah. and smaller and smaller because of what sort of the the fixed sense of what a morning show segment looks right. like or what a what an op-ed looks like. Um, and so thinking about media as the ultimate goal or earned media as the ultimate goal doesn't make sense to me. It's like, can we create ideas that spread themselves? That's a great, that's a great point, I think. And it's a it's for the PR industry or their earned whatever we're calling the industry. It's a whole. <laughs> it's a whole because what is you that still have that 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 team of media pitchers who are great and but when they are in on the ideas it works when they're coming to you and saying uh we need a dream job can we make this idea a dream job yeah, or can, can we, we do can it? we put ryan gosling in this idea right somehow? exactly it's like these are the eight things that are currently working with the few media outlets that are are covering our brand stuff you know and that's where your CMOs and your integrated marketing leaders are kind of like, all right, your PR over here, here's your small budget, go do your thing. And we're going to go do yeah. something at the Super Bowl. And yeah. And that's, and that's where the constraints come in, right? Yeah. We talked about constraints earlier. Yeah. I think very liberating in terms of what we can do and what we can put on the table from a constraints perspective. And now we're, we're talking 10 years now, at least that 
sort of ad-like objects have moved over into the earned realm, right? Yeah. Bigger right. ideas. Even ad agencies are doing the same thing. Ad agencies uh, are writing the press release first like, as a basis yeah. of, right. of understanding yeah, the idea is real. And yeah. so, so those things are moving over. What hasn't moved over are the budgets. And, yeah. and that's something I actually wrote an op-ed about eight years ago, just sort of my plea to CMOs as to how I would view all what you have, you know, as you just said, PR is over here, earned is over here. It, it needs to be everywhere. And it doesn't need to be the how housed in, in an earned shop or, or an ad shop. It just needs to be present at the beginning of whatever is going to happen for the following year. And my plea was just like open the aperture, make sure that this is fluid throughout, make sure that the right. ideas are flowing wherever. And you know, we can certainly and have done with numerous clients at Weber come up with an earned idea that became the big idea that went filtered into television, that filtered into other things. The problem is we don't often get the budget to do that. Like right. I like making a fire from twigs as much as anybody else. It's nice to pour some gasoline on that fire once in a while. You know? yeah. do, do you guys, I'm sorry, do you guys find um, the whole thing can move at the speed of culture? Can you guys, because I know culture moves, right? So can you guys... Yeah, how do you do that? How do you guys keep the stuff moving as, as it all... I know, Josh, you've spent a lot of time trying to make sure there's someone who's... 20 some years old in the you know like yeah, like always. that yeah i mean it's not about age but that i that mentality knows it, 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 it to work. takes pressure off and i was doing this 20 years ago too so like i've always never been really that cool or plugged in so <laughs> you know it helps knowing you have that kind of culture crutch You're like is that a thing or here's the story we want to tell only let's replace uh, Judas Priest and Max Headroom <laughs> with whoever is uh, in 2022, you know, whatever I might say. And, but, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's in your data and insights and here's what's happening. Here's what the stories are being told. But I think for me and the reason we, I left and started something new was for me, it is about like flow. It is all about energy and yes. allowing the people that you're working with to know what's going on and what would you want to do? Forget the brief. What do you think would be cool? It sounds so dumb, but suddenly if you have inspired and inventive people, I won't say young people, but people around you, yeah. and they come and think about stuff, you're like, all right, that sounds good to me. Let's figure out how to, how to do that. Yeah. So whether that's the speed of culture or just what the people on your team want to do, I don't know. I agree. It, yeah. Like data will not save you. I'm sorry. Yeah, but let's it, talk about it, that. It, it won't. Um, and can data help though? It's helpful. I was going to say the same thing. I, th I think it is helpful up front. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about where it's helpful. Right. Because I, I think people that's talk such about it on vague. the back end. I yeah. think it's really helpful on the back end for clients. So like that optimizing. They, yes, and yeah. so clients understand. Clients say, "Oh, I have this data that tells me you did a great job. Yeah. Congratulations." Right. Love, love that. Love that. But <laughs> on the or front I have data. Here's data. Gen Z wants to do things their own way. <laughs> yeah, yes. and they like, yeah, experience. yeah, they want experience, and they. But like, where's the data that's going to tell us the truth about what's happening right now? So you talk about like speed of culture, culture right now. What is the number one defining thing about our culture right now? Absurdity, like absurdity as an aesthetic is the cultural moment. So I don't know if there's going to be like a research report or a meta-analysis. It's like almost antithetical or, to the right. idea. Well, or, or, or to the notion of like really understanding culture. So like, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be one magical, a magic bullet data point that's going to say this is the moment now because it's moving and changing so quickly. Yeah. Right. I think that's true. I, I do think it's, uh, uh, 
sort of more specific basis, it can unlock yes. certain areas yes. to cover. So, you know, yeah. we've just gone through a pit through pitches where we got some data points that allowed us to hit the area, the like territory. An insight. An insight. Uh, exactly. Uh, I think those are super helpful. Sometimes data can make patterns that are invisible, visible to you. Like that's all yeah. I've ever looked for when I've ever used yeah. data. For and stuff. that's the magic when it happens. Right. I think yeah. over relying on it, I, to your point, can be a creative crutch. So you... You said it earlier. I was curious, like the even the idea of a creative brief now, like is that something you guys are still using? Is that a meaningful thing? Like, is it have to change? I guess my experience often from the earned perspective is you'd start on a client, you'd say, all right, here's their brand book. Here's all this stuff, which is mostly 20 pages of how their logo needs to be displayed. And then you're supposed to use that to apply it to earned. And I never really saw that really translating in a meaningful way. Like it yeah. totally makes sense for advertising. But I'm curious, like how to brief or how to kind of collab, like how do you approach that? I know at Honeymoon, you kind of have a different way of like, you're not filling out the two page mm -hmm. brief with the strategy stuff that no one can internalize or actually like. It should apply. only be a page, Charlie. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah, curious I think, how you... I think, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you even breathe? No, I'm just going, yeah. Um... <laughs> awesome. That's a mic drop moment right there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I think, you know, you, it, it's, that's why I say flow. Like, I want to be like, no, just what's the assignment? But yes, there's more information that is certainly helpful. So it's kind of back right. and forth. And that's where, that's where big companies, and I think Weber does it right. So I'm not like, but like where, when you say, okay, we have, 30 creatives and we have some people that can just do it and other people need a lot more help. So we're going to err on the side of the people that need more help and we're going to overprocess size a briefing system. And then the people that you're trying to get some energy from, I mean, I can't even read a brief, you know, at this point, like I get one, I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you're going to go off it at some point. Right. Yeah. Or, or like, what, <laughs> what's a, can somebody yeah. underline, That's an obligation. <laughs> underline the part? And again, especially if you're not making stuff, you know what I mean? When you're talking about a brand brief, or if you're talking about writing scripts and all that kind of stuff, like, great, that's that's tactical and we'll get there. But like, what what problem are you trying to solve? How are you trying to enter cultural zeitgeist or whatever you want to say? Um, like, what what's the deal? Like, what does your product or what does your brand actually do and why would anyone care? Not um, like, here's five consumer archetypes. Exactly. Here's, yeah. here's we are the energetic jester. <laughs> Make teenagers want to chew our gum. You don't like personas? I feel like that was pointed at me. But. <laughs> Charlie, the energetic jester. Uh, energetic jester. I think I, I saw that somewhere along my, and it's just like tattooed modern, on my brain. The modern sandwich explorers. Yeah. Modern yeah. sandwich explorers. Yes, I, I have, I have I seen, client, I have seen personas sliced up to this like infinite number where you're like, wow. No. Like MBA hands. Angela, do you stuff. remember? I don't know if you remember. It took us a good three or four years to get away from the ad type brief, the message brief. Yes. And sort of an epiphany suddenly was like, oh, yeah, we're not doing a message necessarily. And we've gone through about 10 different kinds of briefs to, to nail down exactly, because we do such an array of different kinds sure. of work. But I think what we've landed on in the last few years are cultural dig sites, right? Yeah. Are, are just, we need culture vultures out there. They're the strategists um, and, and even beyond our integrated media folks. I think creatives can do dig sites. A absolutely. Like, where can we intersect culture with what we are trying to do? What's the question and, and, and how can we, you know, further a conversation or make an idea travel? Yeah. And, and those have been really helpful. I agree. Dig many shallow holes. Like, don't overcommit yep. or um, get obsessed with a direction too soon. Right. You and we can know. go off brief. You know, just dig like we've like, always done. Dig in sites the are a way. It's like a brief how, that to go off. Brief. How do you handle those dig sites in a way that, like, 
contributes to that culture versus just like jams it in? Like, how do you find that blend of here's what the brand or the product or whatever is bringing to this versus culture versus just intersecting? I You also see cases where like the brand knew where they wanted to be, but then they just totally like Charlie Brown, the <laughs> kick and like weren't able to find that kind of connection between what's true or what was the belief in the brand and like the behavior of the are we talking about authenticity yes we are oh do you want to the talk big about a authenticity? Word. The big a she word. just brought it up yeah. so you have some thoughts about was it authenticity versus i we don't need to talk about personality seminars right now okay, but, okay. well i mean we can if we want to go down this rabbit hole but I, okay so is at, aut- <laughs> does authenticity matter authenticity versus sincerity Versus, yeah. Um, so at at Can, I thought this was one of the most interesting things. You had major brands talking about how they need to burn their brand book in certain ways because if they focus way too much on where their logos placed, how, whether or not they're using capital letters, you know, in sentences, they're losing sight of the fact that what's actually real about the brand exists in the communities that are engaging with it. So sharing the pen, co-authoring brands with community, that seems like a pretty obvious earned mindset shift for brands, but then it also starts to call into question what actually, oh fuck, what is authentic for my brand? Is it that I'm the world's most popular peanut butter brand or is it that there's this whole generation of rappers that sounds like they're rapping with peanut butter in their mouths, like the little GIF program. Mm -hmm. So it's... It's kind of cool that we don't need to think as hard or as much, I think, as we used to about authenticity, but there's also a a huge burden of proof to make sure that whatever you're doing is true to someone in a community that is a fan of your brand. And to that point, the demarketing of marketing was a tough one to to process. I think for people who have been around for a bit and worked in advertising, it's like, how are we ending this piece of content? What do you mean we're not putting a a line and and a logo? And And, a mnemonic. Right, right. It's like, no, no, we don't have to do that anymore. Like that that was a, uh, you know, a learning curve for sure. So how do you guys now approach measure? You talked about measurement earlier, like data being useful on the, like you did a great job. How are... (laughs) How are we, which is obviously what every client always does. No, look just at the data. You did email. great. From yeah. what I see. Thumbs up. Yeah. Just emojis. Um, how do you get ahead of that? Like as far as like, was this successful? Or another way to frame that is we have those clients, you nail it. Like there's a PR campaign, the honeymoon, the first thing you do, billion impressions, old school metric, and they want a billion impressions for the next thing, right? Like how do you kind of unwind that or how do you get ahead of them measuring the right thing or what the right thing is versus the traditional impressions? Thing? Yeah, do you, do you guys spend any time defining the metrics yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, with your client Yeah, that you're after? I think, I think we do, probably not enough with the client. I think upfront we try to, if not write the case, get an idea of what the case is going to be before we go into this. Always have, write the case study first. You have to. What, what are the conversations? You know, what do we want? Okay, press is going to be part of this. We want that. We want maybe different press, unexpected press. It's different for if we're doing GM, maybe it shouldn't be in car pubs. It needs to be somewhere right, else, lifestyle right. pubs. So it's that, but it's also what metrics do we want? You know, do we want to increase likability? Do we want to do it? You know, like what is this idea after we have that idea baked? What can it do and what should it do? And then have that conversation with the client. Mm-hmm. Also, there's going to be some cool stuff we can do around cultural impact and like how certain programs are driving conversations outside of the realm of the brands. If you think about like the Netflix effect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they come out with a series. What was it called? Queen, Queen's Gambit with about chess. chess. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly 
chess board sales and online chess like communities spike go through the roof like if our brands can start doing that and drive cultural adoption of ideas or behaviors outside of the realm of a campaign and we can start to measure that uptake like that that would be a gold standard that's a gold standard yeah so that's a question i one thing that i know we've all talked about separately is um the idea of like a pr moment like pr used to be like there's a moment in time and we're going to execute around that versus a campaign or whatever i was curious angela from your perspective i know from some clients like airbnb the idea of like earned creative existing and being consistent and kind of building reputation and building that over time. And I know like only on Airbnb has been a multi-year program that's measured a little bit differently. I was curious because I think there's all there's a desire, I think, generally to say like it's not about a moment. Like if we find something that works, we can keep using that could raise reputation or whatever those different metrics are. Like how do you get a client to think less in the moment and more about like, hey, we can even repeat things that work well by tweaking them or playing within that that kind of framework. Yeah. I mean, that that motion did not come from me. That was like very much the brilliance of Airbnb saying this is something that works. Let's repeat this right. over and over and over again. And and actually on the agency side, and so this is the program where like, hey, world's last blockbuster, right. Barbie Malibu Dream House, all of these amazing experiences ending up on the Airbnb platform. On the agency side, we have a tendency to get bored with ideas, I think, way too quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we go, all right, we've got this awesome platform. It's effective. It's driving results over time. But like, don't we need a new idea? When in fact, it takes probably, you know, dozens of touch points and a couple years for something to really set in and make the, the impact that it needs to. So with that program, like my expectation was that it would start to yield diminishing results over time. But the opposite has been true. Um, people just are getting more excited and it's, it's creating even more momentum, which proves, I think, the power of like a long-term earned foundation for brands. Are we weirdly yeah. going back towards like an advertising, like I'm loving it kind of? Yeah. That's it, or character-based or, you know, you yeah. see a lot of characters sort of, you know, coming back into the fray after five years, we're bringing back X because, you know, people miss it, people like it, and it resonates with them. And I yeah. think you don't see that nearly as much on the earned side. There isn't but, that. But was, was that a challenge? Because I think it's also the metrics for this quarter are down, right? And so you have those 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 fights you have to sort of go through as well, right? So th that's also happening. Yeah, for sure. Rick's only asking because he wants to know if he can bust out his avoid the noid costume again. <laughs> There you go. It's no relevant. Way. I told you you were smart to hang on to it, right? <laughs> well, I wonder from like from the Binance perspective, can you speak at all similarly around coming to it from an earned creative perspective, but creating something that's, I think that's a big priority there too, is like, especially in that kind of market, doing something not changing your personality or doing all these different stunts, but doing smart activations in a larger context for a brand like that. Well, but I think, and you talk about Airbnb, and I think it's similar in that there was never a time where they were existed in the traditional marketing so world. So they don't have that muscle memory. They don't, and not even muscle memory, the structure. Okay. You know, they don't have literally the 40 people that are in charge of ads, you know, and, and now they do, but that's not how they started. It's like, remember when they used to, we always used to use Red Bull as the example, that Red Bull started like with just people in cars, you know, and then it built like starting from there versus starting from the traditional, you know, where you have, here's your marketing team, 
here's your ad agencies, here's how we cut up the budgets for Binance, at least, which is a client of ours, which is they're building it, the plane in the air, you know, and it's awesome, you know, mm -hmm. it, for us because an idea wins. You have a great idea, they'll fund it, you know, and they'll bring it to life. And also, like, the the I think those IATs, those inner agency teams that – was was a new idea like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I think that was an attempt to try to get everyone in the room together. You know, they're brutal. You're absolutely right. I'm not I'm not saying they're good. They're rough. But the idea now that you have companies are trying to get everyone literally in the room, not agencies, but departments. So whether it's PR and earned, advertising, marketing, distribution, legal, legal social, because here's what here's what happened. For example, for a company like Binance, right? It's no big deal. We talk about where data helps. You you do a campaign, and it could be an earned first campaign. It's a consumer. We did something for the Super Bowl, and we're making stories. But there's also tons of social posting happening, tons of activity. And then you can sit in the moment and say, wow, this one's really working. All right, put some more paid behind that. And over here, it's not. And this one, Jay Balvin got a lot of coverage, but that's over. So we'll turn away from there and worry about these three influencers and change this on the – and it's like, it's totally liquid. And I think Airbnb is that way. You know, these newer companies that that can flow, you know, and I think it's a great opportunity for us. That's why it's a, it's a, it's a shame when PR practitioners get, you know, like put themselves in that hole of being like, yeah, but what's the, what's the media pitch or how are we going to get in USA Today or the Today Show as opposed to our brains know that this will just work and let's look at all the different places where we can light it up. Um, so one thing that I think falls into kind of a creative middle ground, I saw some, it was probably uh, Gal, Scott Galloway or something, right. had a thing about like how many people are creating in Hollywood, it's like a pie chart yeah. versus how many people are creating on TikTok, which again, I think is a little misdirected. It was a little illustrative. It was a little. I create on TikTok. It was illustrative. It wasn't, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do they, do they include the people who want to create in Hollywood and are doing it in their, you know, bedrooms right. no, at home and they're not successful, right? Right. So I think, but, but the point he was trying to make, right, is like there's this huge creator like economy here, democratization. Anybody can do that. How do you guys kind of, see the role of, I feel like influence always falls in this weird little middle ground of like whose territory is that? How can we leverage them? Should they be creating stuff for the brand or not? Or should we be doing that and guiding them? How do you guys kind of approach that weird influencer part of the creative process? Can I can I jump in on that? Did, sure, you seem passionate about I'm, it. I'm very passionate <laughs> about it. Um, all, I think influencers are fine. They are one of, one of our media vessels. I just, you know, my creed occur to people are, is just make sure there's an idea there and have them execute what we're doing in right. their way. We can't steal. I don't, we were just talking about this the other day. I don't want to create the assets for an influencer. That's what the influencer does. The influencer speaks in their own voice. They create their right. own things. They are hugely sounds like valuable. Authenticity. Sounds like authenticity again. <laughs> Absolutely. But give them an idea. They can work within an idea and, and, you know, don't leave that to them. Have a concept, see it through. Because or construct. A construct is going to exist outside of the influencers as well, right? So we want them to just one more media element in a larger mix. Mm -hmm. That's. You have any thoughts on authenticity? Oh, I want to talk about my, I mean, I want to talk about. There was about a long pause there. That was very yeah. awkward. I was just, no, I was just not, she was bobbing her head like she was ready I was to like. like I disagree in, wholly. No, no, no. <laughs> 
I, Jim, I you're wrong. I can't believe that no. was said. No, no, no. I, I agree. I think there are certain situations, though, where, you know, we can be listening to what's happening in the world of influence and ideas would come from that instead of having a construct and then pushing it through as a channel. So there's kind of a two-way street. But then you would, yeah, but then it, you would feed it back, right? Exactly. Yeah. Reflected it's a back. different world. Like, and I'm figuring it out, like the Mr. Beats of the world. Yes. You yeah. know, who make content, who's essentially program, like the Netflix you're talking about, you know, but there's only so much you could tell someone like that. Yes. But that is really influential. You're talking about like, that's your programming. That is your, if you crack that code, Solved it. you actually are going to have, you know, people behaving the way you want, buying your client's product or whatever yeah. it is. But that's, that's new territory. Yeah. Bless. And also he'll say, I don't care. I'm not doing what you want me to do. You right. know? It depends so, on who you're, who you're right. making. Your I was at a, I was talking to a client and they were like, we have endless budget, which of course they didn't, but they were saying that and their agencies came back and like, all right, so if we got Kanye West, what would we do? And our 22 year old said, get Mr. Beast. Nobody listens to Kanye West. I mean, they love him and they love his music and he's interesting and compelling. But if you want to affect people, what are people watching? This is what, you know, yeah. if you have kids, they don't look at the TV. You know, they're on their devices. My kid watches Twitch. Yeah. So, so that's what, there are these influencers out there that are entertainers, that are actually just, not just, I mean, there are still the posters and the ones that are just, you know, right. sniper wolf watching videos and commenting on them. But there are actually also influencers that are creating content that, can buy but that's why yeah. that's yeah. why co-creation is so interesting like it it feels like we're moving into a world where brands exist as characters or personas almost like people equal to a lot of the talent influencers celebrities that we might be partnering with and, and in that world where like everyone gets that it's fake everyone gets that there's like certain rules that we're supposed to play by Wendy's and Dairy Queen can have like a flame war across the street and it can be like on the Today Show right. because each of those brands is playing as a character. So if brands are playing as characters alongside influencers, talent, whatevs, like that's interesting. It is. And it goes back to your question about metrics because we would all say, we've all said this to client that 17 year olds are not watching the Today Show, right? And they want that Today Show hit. For example, talking PR really quick. Yeah. But then they'll say, but also, you know, is watching the Today Show, every grocery store that we want to put our product in, yeah. you know, so suddenly that Today Show hit that you're like, it's not really relevant. It is for business. Yeah, for it is. It, yeah. That makes and, total and sense. And for a lot of, and sorry, it was, I think, McDonald's and Dairy Queen in the flame war across the street because there was a joke about ice cream machines not working. Oh, there you go. Um, Low blow. Which is, yeah. But accurate. But no, you're right. And I think most often when I'm in a situation with a client where someone's like, a client is like, we need to get today or GMA or something, it's because of the internal visibility at right. the brand, often more so than it is about How reaching. How do you unwind that no. when it isn't strategic for a client well, to get on? It or is, but just, it isn't. You know, yeah, do you just say, we're gonna, we're gonna take that and do it because we know it's strategic for the, the, the retail sell-in. Yeah. And then, you know, go to the you other You can way. buy your way onto the yeah. at this point. So there's always that. There's but probably a way, right? Yeah. Yeah. The retail part I'll feel better about than then our boss needs to say. Yeah, that's what I'm That's what I'm asking is like if it's for the C-suite to put a newspaper clipping on the wall, that's right. a very different. It's hard. Not, I mean, it's you know, a client still business. still a real you thing. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could. Do you remember the billboards outside of the corporate office? Like, yeah, right. Right. That was a thing. Yeah. We used to do like, we used to like, do media buys in New York just so they would see this, even though it wasn't going to be part of the whole play. Yeah. 
So that's still just going to be part of like kiss the ring. Like, <laughs> well, I think I think comp- but but companies like McDonald's and that are giant companies that are you would view as traditional are acting differently and thinking differently and so I think they're going to lead the way to kind of knocking those. I mean, I think McDonald's is doing it very well. Yeah, I, I agree. Bias, no, for bias. real. But but honestly, I mean, McDonald's is 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 a kind of company you go into and you're like assume they're doing things the old way because they're so big and they're but they're not. They actually are thinking that way. Or we had a, a meeting with a client that was saying, we crush it at Super Bowl. We spend so much money at Super Bowl. And then every year in March, it tanks. What can we do? Hmm. That's probably always been the case. But they're bringing attention to it right. now. They know it's a problem. They're thinking about it now. It's that kind of like consistent, you know. So the bigger, more traditional companies, I think, are starting to think that way. You know, as, as everything in our world, as evolution occurs, like those you know, I mean, part of the reason I wanted to do something outside of the big agency construct is because I couldn't take that anymore, yeah. frankly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally, we had a client that would say, I want a billion impressions. No, I want two billion impressions. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you. Fuck you know, like good. there's no business, no. there's no business Why? connection. It's, like, it's just, know. it's just, and, and, you know, this is not about creativity. This is about, you know, agency life or whatever is to have a, be a part of a company that has three people in it. It's a lot easier to be like, all right, that's not for us. It's Thank you. All the best. Yeah. Like I have a new thing this year where I'm just trying to tell the truth. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and also might add, uh, I took the bus Refactor. here and do you, can I get a transfer uh, to sell yeah, my car? Yeah. We have CTA credits. <laughs> Curious about, cause what, what it sounds like to me, uh, this the, the summer, I shouldn't move the mic while I'm talking. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, I was like gesturing with the mic in my hand. Um, so, the relationships are fluid now between creators, you know, creative directors like yourselves, clients. That's it's all fluid. You're still gesturing. Oh, I'm gesturing. Jesus, so it's all it's all fluid. So is your microphone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's all it's all fluid now, yeah. right? And, and do you find that you just have to like sort of fit in where the client is, or do you? Can you? Is there any? Do you have any mandates when you walk into a place? So. We have to play in the jungle, not in the zoo. What does that mean? Like, we need to be ready. I like that, but yes, but we need to understand. We cannot be operating in boxes or cages. Right. Like, we need to be ready to have a tiger pounce on us or equally to pounce on a tiger at any moment, and that is about fluidity. But it's more about, I mean, we've been saying fluidity a lot. I, I like the notion of liquid briefs, too. I know mm-hmm. that's like yeah. something that you Yeah, flow, liquid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I think yes is the answer to the question. And, and like, we should be taking a little bit more of that, like, hunter mindset to I, yeah. the way that we work. Wait, so to play out that analogy a little bit more, yes. I understood it. I just wanted you to explain it for the uh, listeners. Um, is, like, how do you create the rule, the law? What's the phrase, like, the law of the jungle? Like, like how do you create, like a relationship with a client that you can do that in a way that's fluid. I think that's a question I always come back to where it's just like, you know, what's the grounding? Is it a relationship with a client and trust? Is that it? Or are there specific things you need to say like, all right, we're in a jungle. There's going to be, I don't know what's in a jungle. Uh, I was about to say tigers, which is tigers are definitely not lions. Panthers. All right. Well, (laughs) we'll lions are in the savannah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but when you're in the jungle, how do you make sure that you're hunting the right things? And like, how do you do that? Especially when you have to do a lot of things, especially earned is called to do reactive. This just happened. 
how do we respond? Like the example with the the McDonald's and Dairy Queen, how do you kind of get the clients in that right mindset to be able to behave that way? Killer instinct. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's our jobs. I mean, I think that's what we have to explain. I, I think most clients most of the earned clients sort of expect the reactive first, right? I mean, I think they're yeah. already sort of uh, accustomed to that, to what's going on, bring us that. And, and those are the wins that allow us to do the bigger, you know, the, the momentary reactive stuff allow us to do bigger constructs and bigger, more conceptual things. There's probably a sports metaphor here around like home runs and... Yes, singles and doubles. Yes. But I mean, a lot of, but the reactive, it's great when the reactives can be doubles and triples. You know, I, I think, you know, you don't get triples those are best. as often. Yeah, triples are rough. You know, you got to be speedy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think it, a lot of it has to do with the relationships, um, so that you can just say, "Hey, look, this just happened." And so I, I think what we don't want to do is have the clients call us with, "Hey, did you see this?" Well, you know, we need to be ahead of the game sure. all the time, and that's that's not just a creative and earned. It's not just a creative responsibility. It's it's the responsibility Everyone's. of the entire company, the entire team that, that works on that business. You just have to be, uh, yeah. And also when you're talking about earned, earned creative, whether it's media coverage or social or NFTs or platforms like that tends to be more what you might think of like progressive audiences, right? right. So if you're talking about giant companies or big brands, there's still in a, a lot of people that are watching TV and there's still a lot of people sure. that are shopping at their local grocery store and going to Walmart and all that. And that's a lot of money. And that's the people that, the, you know, the kind of clients, the mainstream giant traditional clients still really have to think about that. So part of the, it's understanding that it's understanding why the today show it's understanding, okay, we could do something that's, you know, you have creatives get so excited. This would be so badass. This would be amazing. And the client will say, yeah, that would be really amazing. That's going to sell nothing. Yeah. Zero. You know shampoos. what I mean? Yeah. And so, so that doesn't mean throw it in the garbage can. It means make it work in a way that either it's, it addresses some sort of objective to be more progressive in that space or broaden it out, you know, yeah, or make it connect to something, something that's more mass. So cool. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, and right. it's, it's, so yeah. that, that's, yeah. that's part of the challenge. And that's not just earned. I mean, that's all marketing. You know, that's actually a really good like it, it, maybe there's just two audience segments. There's the modern progressive audience and there's the more traditional audience, both equally valuable to brands, depending on where they are in their evolution. But like that totally shifts the mindset on what types of ideas, kind of language you can use, but also where you should be with that them. Yeah. Be a more honest, clean way of back to like the 12 sandwich eater archetypes. Like when you guys kind of break down those audiences. As a shorthand, maybe. I mean, like I think yeah. a lot of strategists would hate me for saying that because they're <laughs> like, oh no, but there's like so many communities and there are, of course there are. But right. It's, and it's, 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 it moves. I mean, who knows? Are we at a, you're not at a Are we really going to get somebody to spend $50 on a NFT for mainstream bag of chips? Seems like a, does not seem that logical, but if that's the way kind of, it feels like things are moving that way. If you can prove it out, here's an audience that actually would, and here's the benefit, like it's worth looking into. So again, yeah. the benefit of working for a smaller company where you don't need the big budgets is to go to a client, be like, you know, the, like the 70, 20, 10 thing is, yeah. is try it. Yeah. We're not asking yeah. for $50 million. Just give us a try. And we'll show you what an NFT can do or what this social program can do. Or and it's like that with any new technology, right? Let's try it and see, you know, trial yeah. and error. But for, yeah, we just did that for a candy bar. And like at first we looked, does this make sense? I mean, for, for Twix to jump into the NFT space. 
but but it did. You know, it, it did well. The client was happy left to get twig, in. Right. Left twigs, yes. right twigs. That's right. Perfect. Yeah. It, but that's like high concept. Correct. And, you know. It's a high concept as, NFT as with, program. As with influencers. <laughs> yes. Right. You, know, you, you, want, you want the concept to, to thread through. Well, it's, it's hard with, a, with something like Twix where you have sort of a made up construct you know, I'm telling that's the, you know, it's a fake world that yeah. they did. So to bring a fake world into the real world, it's sort of tough. We did it with shoes, you know, made sneakers right and left, you know, that still has that thread. And then we did it with identical NFTs, NFTs you know, which did it too. So um, it's, it's just interesting because, you, you know, I, I still loving with, I still love working within the construct of, of brand stuff. You know, when we talked about moments and stunts, people often, you know, I've heard we, we talk a lot about brave work at, at Weber, and they're like, well, stunts are not brave work. I, I, I disagree. It's the type of stunt or why sure. you're doing the stunt. And if the stunt, you know, gets action but also bolsters a reputation, bolsters an image, or furthers a strategy, all all great. You know, Yeah, I'm, I don't think anyone them. thinks the red the guy jumping from space for Red Bull was an unsuccessful right. stunt. Exactly. Right? Like, obviously, or, an amazing. And, and, and for their yeah, perfect. That, that or cowardly. Brand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that coward. Yeah. Coward. Space. Yeah. Um, um, so how do you guys see the next five years? You know, as I would say, I don't really like the word decentralized because it means a million things, but as more channels come up as more people are creating as there's like, how do you see this kind of shifting over time as far as how the, how you're going to approach it? Is it kind of coming to a next thing? Will it just continue to flow? Let me just add to that. Cause you know, what you see now is individualized delivery of, of, of your, of your concepts, right. To someone's screen on their device, right. Is there going to be room for collective experience and things like that to happen again? Or is all that, you know, what's going to happen? What's that Chuck Klosterman? stat that you like to repeat about oh I think it was in his book they talk about how more people would watch a random episode of seinfeld which was ad supported at the time obviously than watch live the game of thrones finale. series finale which you'd think would be you know it was the biggest culture cultural moment in a lot does that time. just speak to the fragmentation of yes. yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. his so way of getting at the there's fragmentation just yeah. very very little tentpole culture right. now. Right. And the um, speed of things. Like even for advertising, you got like dilly dilly. That might have been a thing that last five years, maybe if it happened 20 years ago versus like there are three months of people running around. You know what I mean? That idea of culture moving so quickly, like how do we see ourselves as kind of being the stewards of that for the next couple of years? Is it going to be even more difficult for us to like get a brand like in the place they need to be, like or, to do our job. Or basically. easier because like maybe okay. the burden of proof uh, and the stakes are lower because everything is moving so quickly. Like I think about that in the context of um, risk and issues, in the context of piloting ideas, in the context of test and learn, like that actually creates an environment where we should be able to use the broader sort of cultural case and canvas as reason to try more things that otherwise brands might have been afraid to do a few years ago because it's going to be erased just by the conversation right. in a matter of weeks just if the it lack does of not permanence. go well. And if it does go well, then, right, the lack of permanence. And if it does go well, then that can become something that you repeat, build on, and build equity in over time. So so you could even be more courageous because no so. one's going to remember. <laughs> if right. you fuck up, it's on a much smaller stage. <laughs> but what's interesting, what you're saying, though, is if you do it right, you're saying this becomes part of a long-term conversation or relationship over time. Yes. And 
that becomes a new kind of behavior, but you're not saying we're going to, and apologies to all strategists, you're not dictating it from a, a brand book. You're saying, here's no. what's happening. We found a place that we can participate in, in, in an interesting way. Right. And then that you can that, plan all you want. But like, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and I think as a result of that, and, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I mean, I think we see the landscape as rather obvious. And I think others are sort of still coming along. Yeah. But I think as a result of that, that that budgets will shift. I mean, speaking of shifting, that budgets are going to start going. That the most important shift for agencies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where? Yeah. Follow the money, not to get all Watergatey, but it's 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 going to be, I, I think, away from as maybe it is already from traditional advertising into cultural relevance, whether yeah. you want to call that PR, whether you want to call that earned, it will be done by, by PR agencies. It will be done by advertising and experience and digital agencies. I think it's all going to go, you know, a lot more into cultural relevance. Yeah. I, I think I agree with that. I also think it's still though the, the, the conceptual part of it. If companies are, are all at the table and are ready to activate as needed. And we have people around us who understand how to activate an idea within a DAO or in a platform in Discord. You or just want Judas Priest. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. I'm still waiting for the first Discord program. It's, it's right. Like it's, and, and if, if using me as a creative, if I'm trying to think of that, I'm going to break my brain. There's no way I'm going to get anyone come up with a concept and figure that out. So the way, at least for me, that the way I do that is, all right, what's the idea? What are we telling people to do? So I'll use Binance as an example. The Super Bowl, we're making fun of Crypto.com and Matt Damon telling people only fortune fa favors the brave and Larry David and all the celebrities. And we went out and we hired celebrities to say, I'm a celebrity and I don't know anything about you or your money. Don't listen to me. Do your own research. You know, and that's the idea. <laughs> right. And then we say, all right, where right. can this live? People that understand social media, people understand platforms, Web3. I mean, that, that's where Timecraft comes in. That's where our guy Johnny comes in, you know, and, and then it like within six months, as things change and evolve, we have someone else to help us to, to bring that to life. But it's still about that kind of disruptive or relevant or important idea that you're one sentence, you know, Eureka, I get it. And where it goes, I think, is what's going to change the most. And the more people are at the table, the more CMOs are like, oh, okay, we got to put more money over there tomorrow. Let's do it. Versus yeah. the traditional way, which was, yeah. okay, we'll have a budget meeting next Thursday. And if it, go, if it works, we'll talk to procurement at the first of the month. And, by, you know, obviously that doesn't work. Right. So it sounds, it sounds fascinating to me because we're getting to a, this idea you need that larger construct that kind of coming back to like, what's the big idea? But underneath that, it's this moving, flowing, trust-based kind of, which is kind of a weird, like you need something, whether it's trust yourself, whether it's like we keep going back to like the, like the air only on air. Those things need to be defined to kind of keep things focused. But underneath, that's like a swirling, flowing kind of tempest almost. It's taking our always on construct that we have and, and you were using authenticity a lot construct has been said construct about is good. 15 times <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we'll do a drinking but, game. but the always on you know in in the earned world is big right it's you know we want to we want to yeah. keep the lights on at all times you can do that and with social media that that's what that created um so can you do that on a larger level yeah. can you do always on to, to your point can we can you do that and how do you do that do you do that with a construct that allows you to do that all the time or do you just do disparate pieces constantly and and put things out that changes the whole thing the whole how mm -hmm. how brands are marketed if you do it that way 
Um, how do we make sure that we show up and bring the right people in and position ourselves for, because I do think that shift's going to happen towards more earned creative. Yeah. How do we make sure that we're the ones like grabbing that? I have an answer. I think it is about teaching. It is about um, like, because I mean, I don't know what advertising or communications at college even looks like anymore, you know, um, but there are certainly coders. It's probably horrifying. There's coders. <laughs> I and, also have a hard time being like, you decided to study communications. Right. <laughs> I, I'm like, I got in PR because I thought I was I was interviewing in an ad agency <laughs> and I needed a job. 30 years later, here I am on your podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, I'm the, yeah, seven, yeah. I'm the same, same but, but I think yeah. I think the idea of taking young talent that is really into web three that's into technology that's into social content that is into all this stuff and bringing them over and 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 kind of showing them the power of storytelling that it's fun you know that there's money to be made that all that new stuff that is sexy and cool and that People come up wanting to do money, venture capitalism. You know what I mean? There's going to be, I mean, the company, we're talking about Airbnb and Binance. These companies were not around that long ago. You know, I mean, we're talking about new companies. That's like, so basically what I'm saying is taking young talent that is interested in these new things and teaching them and showing them how you can work for McDonald's and still be able to fulfill all that kind of new stuff that you're really interested in. And, and it's up to individuals it's not up to systems so whether it's weber or honeymoon it's about the people not about our training program or our you know like the, the kind of company mandated stuff so that's that's my opinion i i mean i think that's great i think i think part two of that is even if we did have that because i think we have a lot of great talent that has, that has come from all sorts of sources is just merchandising internally better what we do to our clients and just mm -hmm. sort of pitching them on a weekly monthly basis as to this is what earned is this is what we are capable of doing here are things we've done for other clients um and then hoping that the evolution we've all talked about and that that fluidity starts to starts to evolve at at, at the client level bring and it home <laughs> <laughs> one more thing to add and it's a very simple thing that i think we could all action immediately which is like anytime you go into a room with a client bring a wild card bring a wild card idea For a sure. wild card person someone you don't know what they're going to say next first of all it makes it interesting what we yep. do should be that's why i partnered with rick second that's right <laughs> like that that's the only way that we can like actually expand minds and i you know yeah on client side and on ours. Like I, I think that we often play this very fearful gatekeeper role with our clients. That's the key word. And that needs to stop because it's preventing some of the really vibrant young talent in our agencies from getting that exposure that they need. And also it probably gates us from getting awesome ideas made in some cases. So just like super simply, if you've got someone on your team who's a little bit weird or off or like, huh, don't know where to put you. Like that's probably the person that you want in the meeting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> introduce them Absolutely. immediately yeah so we should we should be doing that a lot more cool great any any last remarks i think this has been great yeah any, anything else live in the jungle not in the zoo <laughs> i like that now that i know what that means i mean <laughs> <laughs>